Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. On tonight's show, the first of a two-part special as we talk to and look back at the footballing lives of one of this town's most famous sporting double acts. Welcome to the Helia and Mazgi Show on Radio Newark Sport. But while I've at least got a chance to speak, let's have a look at some of the Easter sporting headlines. And Saturday saw Newark Flow serve hit eight first-half goals at Renneth before eventually winning 12-0. Talk about shifting powers in local football. Elliot King top scoring with five of the dozen. Selston came from behind to beat Barrow and Sherwood lost at Ingalls, meaning the top two finish was assured for the works. So it was time to get the calculators out for the dreaded PPG points per game. And after 30 minutes, my Grove Maths decided that Step 5 football would be there for the works next season. No problems. They didn't even have to win at West Bridgeford on Monday, which is actually quite lucky. Because they got sunk at Regatta Way. You like that? Sunk, Regatta Way. Yeah, you got that one, did you? Yeah, that's yeah, good, that. Is. Back to Saturday football, and Arnold Town were beaten 5-3, and they will play Step 7 football next season. As I've said changing face of local football Collingham were another side to go gold crazy in the first half putting six past Dronfield including a Chris Self hat trick final score for the Villagers a 7-3 win and a third place finish Gary Atwood's RHP Colts go into the last two matches of their season knowing that six points will see them crowned champions Sunday's 7-3 victory at Skeggy sets up a massive match Tomorrow night at Grimsby, goal-scoring machine Alfie Price chipped in with yet another hat-trick. The highlight of our guest managerial career was undoubtedly RHP's not-senior cup victory. And in a wonderful twist of fate, the Green and Whites are playing in another County Cup final tonight. They play Hucknall on Baseford's plastic carpet in the trophy final. More on all these stories to come on Thursday night. And yes, I have done a script for this show. I'm not really sure why, because I may as well put it away now. Because I think this one's going to go... Well, let's find out where it's going to go. So, one of them scored the best-headed goal I've ever seen. But his real claim to fame... They're already heckling. But his real claim to fame is he got sent off by David Coote. And the record books show that the other scored an hat-trick for Simos at Melton. Which, if nothing else, proves you shouldn't read... You shouldn't believe in everything you read. Yes, yeah, I did my own work, don't worry. And he did turn up as manager of a Willie or Cup final side, dressed as the man from Del Monte. <laughs> As I said, what could possibly go wrong as we welcome to Radio Newark Sport David Hillier and Kevin Smith. Gentlemen, thank you for popping in. Thank you for coming to see us. Nice Um, to see you. A bit of an Easter special, I think this is going to turn out to be. Um, Those four headlines, I know that we've got some heckling. I've 
I go on and on about certain things on this show, and one of them is a Breed and Corner and a Masgieda. Yes. Well, you was heckling. You, you, you was heckling. You're saying that's the best goal you've ever seen. It's one of the best Eddie goals I've ever seen. But you seen. weren't at Melton when I got that perfect hat trick. <laughs> Head left foot, right foot. Yeah. Do you want me to take you through all three goals? <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, I could always ring Fadder. He could probably help me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was in the days of A and other. Yes, it was, wasn't it? I, I sat at home that night and I got I got the report sent to me and it was Melton three, IDP as it was called in those yeah. days three, IDP goal scorers D Hillier hat trick. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Took about four days to find out Fadder had got them. One was an overhead kick, if I remember right. <laughs> a bit like Rooney scored against Man City. <laughs> and then there was a half volley left foot with, with Curl on it. Keeper thought you got it covered by hand. And then Bullet Ella. You know them drug Moretas? Yeah. Bullet Ella, <laughs> let, let's, let's just get to this Bullet Ella before we go much further. Breeden had a special way of taking corners, didn't they? And I always thought they, it was... And you just met it perfectly. Quality of the ball. That's what it was. Quality of the ball and listening to other people who knew a bit better than me where to arrive in the box. You learn that off other people. And, yeah, just went in. That's it. Goal. 2-1. Who got the first one? I can't remember now. I'm not sure, but that that, that is the one that sticks in my in my memory. Yeah, Briggy always reminds me about it, my one and only goal. <laughs> <laughs> what a goal, though. And uh, I put your other real claim to fame, is, of course, that David Coote showed you the red card. I was on Bolton playing field. Yes, I saw him in um, Collingham shop uh, about a fortnight ago, and he was off to officiate somewhere. And it was over Dave Self, bless him. I'd gone to the garage on the old Grandway site, to buy some fags. And his <coughs> wife was in there. Anyway, she says, you're not going to football tonight then, Musky? I says, no, well, I didn't know we had a game. It was our reserves playing. So I shot down to Boulderton playing field, got myself a game, and um, I think one was for descent, I think the second one was for kicking the ball away, and he had no option, bless him, <laughs> to send me off. <laughs> no and... Uh, was in the showers after and I walked in and he walked quickly out and I just said to him don't worry about it Cootie you did the right thing mate you know and look where he's got to now <laughs> he, he, he is quality ref talking of quality <coughs> referees one one has sort of said tonight that he's even going to miss heartbeat to listen to you two so um, a, well, call, a just, call out for handy eyeing dear yeah, it's, it's a shame that Steve Philby ain't going to phone in and talk about that handball that Maskey did uh, against uh, RHP and the Willie Old Cup that time isn't it really yeah but you're not still bitter are you I'm I might be through that. <laughs> I've got a story for you there. Sick, eh? Shall we go there? <laughs> Sick is never, ever, ever forgiven, mate. When we did the quadruple, well, I was in the clubhouse after, and uh, out sick is as dry as out, isn't he? Lovely man. And uh, I said to him, because I've been part of the RHP setup now, have you, you know, seen you wait to forgive me for that <laughs> shoulder? Never. Hey, with the words, never. <laughs> I want to talk a bit later, or probably tomorrow night, actually, about RHP versus Newin and all that. But um, let me just get me one serious question out of the way. Have you fallen out of love with football, David? Because football's missing you. <laughs> Why is it missing me? I think the, I think 
footballs are doing fantastic at the moment locally, isn't it? Mm. So you, you just go well, through. Yeah, you can't knock it. Flow serve are doing well. Collingham are, are, are doing well. Newark's on the turn on, on the field, but there's no uh, there's no characters left. Oh, so I'm just sat there listening to you going through those uh, headlines, and Gary Atwood's took his team all the way to Skegness. You know, I don't think it's missing me much now. Ga- Ga- <laughs> Gary Atwood's r- r- running, and, and if, if he wins, all, if, if he won all four, the first one was away to Rushton's on Thursday night. It was oh. Skegness on Easter yeah. Sunday afternoon. It's Grimsby who it's either him or it's either Grimsby or Gary's team. It's Grimsby on Wednesday night. He's got to go to for an half six kickoff. Grimsby called the Sunday game off because they've struggled for a side. Yeah, right out. So he's now got to go to Grimsby for an half six kickoff on a Wednesday night. If the win, if he wins that one, then it's all down to the Sports Village on Sunday afternoon for the final home match of the season. <laughs> but it, it, you still never answered my question. Right. What, what? Well, I haven't. I haven't fought. I, I didn't fall out of love with the game. I still watch it uh, occasionally on TV. And I mean occasionally, probably the Champions League games and the match of the day highlights, if I can stay up that late and keep my eyes open to to watch it. But when we um, finished at FCT, I mean, you can remember, Mickey, when I was at Flosive, pre-season, after that break, it's so difficult to get yourself motivated again, isn't it, to, to drive on your pre-season, getting players involved and all that. And... Once we'd packed in at FC, it was just like fantastic relief, really. You almost couldn't do any more, could you? <laughs> just, I tell you, I went to I went to a wedding reception uh, in Thorsby on a Saturday evening, and Dozzle was there. And I arrived just after Dozzle got there, and Dozzle spent the whole night at the front door phoning players up to try and get a team out for the next day. And I just thought, I don't miss that anymore. <laughs> And I Kevin, you, you you still do go and watch the odd match then, do, do you? Since I've packed in, I've probably watched three fo- local football matches. One being the Carlton Town game, but I only watched three quarters of that when Flo Serve mm. lost in the cup to that. Uh, one was a Horwich P reserve game when Shane Tyvee's team was playing Claypole or Briggy's team. I went down and watched that. And I think I watched a bit of a Newark Town game, but I don't have a lot of time anymore. Other things, you know, occupy my time. And, you know, it's somebody else's turn there. And I don't... I, the thing I miss most is the changing room and the social side of, of it. But I was at that same wedding uh, where Dozzle was for three hours of the night. He was on the phone trying to get people going and I went to the toilet and he's at the top of the stairs doing that and I just <coughs> said to him Dos you've done your bit mate let somebody else have a go so also as well as that because I, I bumped into Andy Iron just recently um in the Rose and Crown at Fond I didn't even you know I'm so out of touch with it all I didn't realize that Dave Bennett had passed on it absolutely shocked me mm. and because I thought Andy had been refereeing that morning because he I thought oh, I'm not at Fond and got a game or somebody's playing down there and you think god i'm so out of touch with it not no, not even knowing that david passed away yeah but we do we, well i say we do miss you i don't see it. I, I watch hockey and rugby and everything else these days so it's uh, uh it's not 
like it used to be. What I want to talk about a bit about tonight, though, lads, is, is your playing career. So where did it all start for you, Maskey? What, school-wise? Or yeah, let's go, like, let's go that far back. Ortonville. Ortonville. Ortonville Juniors. Yeah. Uh, that's where I first saw Briggy's dad, because Briggy was a couple of years older than me. And we... I think it was Kevin Wakefield was a year older than me, and two or three of us made it into the, you know, the junior school team. Uh, I'll always remember I used to play right back, and I passed the ball across the penalty area, and the bloke who used, the teacher who used to do it, was name was Smith, and he used to wear black plimmies, and... Uh, our punishment was running round the pitch, kicking the ball to me and Kevin Wakefield, kicking the ball to each other. And that's when you first come across the likes of Mark Robertson, Gareth Pegg, Kevin Harvey. You know, all those lads went to Bowbridge and there was a bit of a uh, rivalry between them two. And then you just realise, you know, well, I think I, I think I didn't play when I went to Sconey's. Uh, missed a lot of football uh, and didn't really start playing football again I think it was Fadder who got me interested in football again and that was through playing five-a-side at uh, the Youthway and ended up going to the Cock Inn of all uh, places now that used to be was the, is it Ch- the Chester Ch- <laughs> yeah. yeah ended up playing with them with Jimmy Mulligan Wangle oh too many Crush was the manager Mm, went to play for the White Ironed, which morphed into Zenith, played for Zenith for a bit, then ended up at New Inn. That's about it, really. You was a Keith Cartledge boy, weren't you, at um, Bailey Rovers, or have I got that wrong? I did I did actually play for Bailey Rovers, mate. Yes, I did, yeah. For um, under-18s, I think we were then. But for me, it's what was your school? My school, John Hunt. John Hunt. John Hunt. But for me, it started at home because I'm one of those uh, unfortunate lads whose younger brothers better at every sport. <laughs> 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 the only one I'm better at is running. That's because I was always the one who was bowling to him. I couldn't run after the ball when they bowled it. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, that serious? I mean, Neil was. Um, such a, you know, talented young sportsman. I'd always remember, because obviously I used to play football on a Saturday and Sunday morning. Well, we used to have Sunday afternoon football then, mate, didn't we? Oval Farrows, Cornton, all those people, mm-hmm. yeah. So when we finished playing football in the morning, we'd go and watch Sunday afternoon. Probably see you down there watching Farrows quite a lot, but uh, I was walking through the marketplace one day and Jerry Fells helped me. Jed, Jed fell on the corner of the market. He says, now then, young man, I've heard some really good stuff about you, some good reports. He says, we're looking for a left-back. <laughs> 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 One minute, I thought it was there, Tony, and he <laughs> took it away <laughs> within two or three seconds. I had to tell him, I says, look, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm David. And he went, oh, well, can you tell your brother we want him to go back <laughs> 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 And it was like that all the way growing up for me. 
but you've never been sent off in the Willie Old Cup final, have you? I should have got sent off. Yeah, but you never have been sent off. Well, fortunately, it was Tony Roach. <laughs> 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 I just took him to one side and said to him, look, Craig's been getting away with murder, so he gave me a yeller. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find your, your way to RHP. Well, I'll tell you, the, the other thing was, is I was at Johnson, Neil was at the Two Swedes, so that competitive bit was always there. But then when I went to the Grove School, Dave Smith came on, and that was a massive change for the whole school, because, as you well too all know, he was into it quite competitive. He took us all over the country. <laughs> took us all over the country. So both me and Neil, we were playing um, men's football at 14 in the new clients. Didn't the Grove win the youth Yeah, youth under Dave Smith with well, is Paul the Johnson yeah. and Here's how the Mono. difference of people who are committed, like Dave Smith and Paul Johnson and them. Sconsill's youth wing got to that final as well. But we was, we just did it on our own. Do you know what I mean? We never had no support or anything like that. It was lads who went into the... Uh, sports stadium, you know, the what you know, like the old Nissanauts, we used to just organize it ourselves and have a kick about. And there probably would be, you know, five or six teams, and we picked a team what we thought we could progress. And uh, we got to the final, I forget where it was at, it was out Mansfield Way somewhere. I can remember the players, it was Anthony Hall, who was a great, great goalkeeper, um, Gary Farrell. Fadder, Audi Cashin, and me, and I think Kid White might have been a sub or something like that. I think we lost 2 1 uh, in the final. It didn't uh, it didn't go very well because uh, on about people getting sent off, I think Fadder got sent off and um, <laughs> Barry Farrell, and that was our end of our. Uh, you from the you from Blake uh, packed in football after that. He says we're not we're not doing it. Right. That yeah. wasn't Fadder masquerading as Dave Hilly or Dave Hilly masquerading as Fadder, was it? I don't know where you get this story uh, from. I, no, I, I, <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe you look at the paperwork, my friend. I can't believe. <laughs> and I'm just saying that uh, that uh, team that uh, Masgi mentioned. There, it sounds more like a police ID line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why it didn't go down too well, Tony. From the film Unusual Suspects, is it? <laughs> right. There's, yeah, more, yeah. there's a few more <laughs> suspects. <laughs> but do you get, do you get what I mean about the people who are prepared to, you know, put their time in for you to do it and, yeah. you know, guide you in different ways to be? Do, do you know where I'm coming from? You're like, Dave's full of praise for Dave Smith and all the other people from the, you know, the, the Grove side of the, the youth wing, if you like. Um, we, you know, we had good people, but probably just not people who was that sport-minded. You know, they was, they was just different people. Right, still to come, more from the boys, and we're going to get round to RHP versus Newing. There's a band of footballers of a certain age that started playing their adult footballer under these two at, um, at Lowfields, and I'm not sure that some of them have ever recovered from it but <laughs> one of them certainly has recovered from it because he went on to have a wonderful career with Grantham Town he's now back at Lowfields and he, he is one of the top footballers that this town has ever produced and more to the point is a gentleman as well we welcome to Radio Newark Reese Lewis Reese, good evening good evening Mick how are you I'm alright thank you the boys right, are listening the boys are listening to you um, good evening gents 
Hello there, Reese. How are you? Well, yeah, it's going well, but all the best hearing you, boys. Well, yeah. Go easy on his race, won't you? So, um, what we need to know, what we need to know from your race is, um, as I said, you started your adult footballing. I mean, yeah, a young lad, yeah. sort of, you know, from Farndon, quiet lad like yourself, let loose with these two. Um, your thoughts on those early days? Well, absolutely. It was certainly um, very much an authentic introduction to men's football. <laughs> uh, yeah, the full experience, and it was a real, real dressing room. They were full of characters and. Um, Obviously led by the two fine gentlemen with you there. So, yeah, real real good group and um, some very fond memories. I was, I was, I was thinking back earlier and, um, well, my first one really was was one of the away days we came. We came, I think, I wasn't driving at the time and you kindly offered to pick us up. And we're waiting outside closer for the lift and your van pulls around the corner. But there's probably about five or six of us there at the time. And um, I don't know if you remember this, Dave. All the, all the lads, the older heads, sort of jumped in the front of the van and then you swing the back door open, and then and there's myself, Greg Burt, and uh, Ryan Goodrick there, and uh, you sort of pull, pull the tin of paint around for us, and uh, <laughs> just pull the tin of paint and a bucket, and uh, I think that was one of our first introductions, uh, to, uh, say, to men's football, and uh, I think that bucket came in handy on the way back, because uh, some of the lads got caught short for <laughs> the shandies, so... <laughs> Very much, uh, yeah, like I said, an authentic experience. I, I do remember these uh, these times, Reese. And the thing is, is you progressed quite quickly to the first team because uh, about three or four months after that, I just went out and bought a load of picnic chairs and put them in the back. So the oh, paintings and that, that. won't <laughs> you, you missed out on the, the luxury side of the back of the van. That's what happened there. Oh, I'm disappointed to hear that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I've got to ask him a question, though, because <clears throat> obviously... As you say, do you remember Mickey when he scored that goal against Southport that night in the midweek game? With the gas going goal, where yeah. one foot, left foot, <laughs> and volley. Can you remember that, Reese? I remember it well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah good lad. I scored twice that day, if it was called. Yeah. So, um. But, uh. Strange one, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing is, is, I couldn't get him to swear at anybody. You know, like it. I can't even say the worst word he ever said to anybody. <laughs> it's not even a swear word. It's just <laughs> what a lad. Well, I, 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 the other one that springs to mind, which is Mick Asmussen's memory, is that uh, it must have been a. I, I was trying to think it was a Christmas do or end of season do, and uh, we had had a game. I think the afternoon, and a few of the lads stayed on the bar for obviously get changed after the game, and then partners and, um, and wives and girlfriends were coming across the meters afterwards. It was actually it was a karaoke night. And I think the moment she walked in was, uh, I think it was yourself and your lad doing the rendition of the Venga book. That's right. Yes. <laughs> full of iron shirts, you've got limbs and feet flying everywhere, conga line going around the bar. So she manages to find a, find a table without, well, without getting too, too doused in, the, in beer. And uh, only for you boys to finish, the rapturous applause, of course. You, <laughs> I say, brilliant. And then... Um, and then I think a fan hands with the mic and says, tonight, Matthew, you are Britney Spears. So, <laughs> bless her, the first, their first introduction to it all as well. was um, certainly one to remember. And, uh, although, fortunately, she's, well, she's now my wife, that, that young lady. So I, 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 think I've, I, I think I've seen her walking around town carrying a load of children. Are they all yours, uh, well, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple, yeah. So, my evenings have changed. It's like, yeah, yeah, just... Bath times and, and uh, yeah, getting dinners. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was going out to Mots and Spencer's with a meal for two, mate, that day, with a little bambino stuck on the front of her. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
Bruce, congratulations on yesterday. Um, congratulations on yesterday. The the bad news is that uh, your transport in step five is Dave Villiers' van. The Mr. Clark has purchased it and with the paint pots. So, um, Fantastic. I, I can imagine some of them sitting in the back of that. So um, that that'll be great. But um, these are the boys that, that set you off on what has turned out to be a fantastic football career. And um, you know we love coming down to Flow Seven, watching you. And the ones that can remember starting with you and now seeing it now, it's uh, it's brilliant. Well, that's to see some, some, you know, still to see on the sidelines um, some of the old boys down there as well. So it's. It's great for the club and great for the town, and hopefully the, the journey continues onwards and upwards. Uh, well, next year, hopefully, we'll and, see, yeah. and we might even get these two down to watch a game. Well, uh, I was going to when, when I found out that Reese was actually playing. I thought, well, I've got to go down and just see if he's still as lithe and as quick as he used to be. <laughs> yeah, certainly not the case. Can you can <laughs> you still play anywhere? Uh, I don't know about that, Dave, but. Um, I'd turn up and I'll, I'll do my best and we'll see what <laughs> 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 have everything crossed, I suppose. Reese, Still enjoying it, though, that's the main that's thing. That's the main thing. Reese, do you still get time in that level of football to chest the ball down as a centre-off? Or do you just edit now? Um, I've, I've learned just to edit away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Good lad. I can remember playing at Southwell with you that, uh, that afternoon, mate. And it was actually uh, Chavley who was, was a big influence on... Uh, the early days of flow serve reserves as well, along with Dave. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we was playing, and typical me, just do what you're good at. I'm I'm just heading it and booting it as far away from the goal as I can. <laughs> and then you're you you've come on, or you're at the side of me, and this ball comes along, and you just chest it down and <laughs> just stroke it to the side. And I looked, and I just thought, Have I just seen that right? <laughs> and look where you ended up, mate. Well done to you. Take me out off to your race. Thank you. Reese, thank you so much. Thank you for taking time out to join us. We really appreciate it. It's good to hear from you, Reese. Thank you, boys. Thanks, mate. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Reese Lewis and Dave uh, Smith was you know, that day. Apart apart from being a wonderful person, he's turned out to be probably the cream <laughs> well, of your crop. Let's get this story out in the open, Michael. Who who, who was the person who uh, gave me the nod on Reese Lewis? I can't remember. It was you. Was it? Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah. There you are. You see, I do know about yeah. football. Yeah. <laughs> I keep yeah. telling you I know about football. I'll tell you about I it. Well, but yeah. you, you Remind came, me, Dave. He told me, he says, there's a young lad called Reese Lewis, thick black curly hair, playing for Fondon. I'm not quite sure it was reserved. I think it might have been Fondon Reserve. It was reserved, Dave. <coughs> Only 16 years of age or something like that. So I says, all right, looked in the, looked in the advertiser, went down, they were playing Coddington, and Bertie Booth was playing up front. And it is very similar to what you just described. He was doing all those wonderful things. And then <coughs> the ball came into the box, the cross, and now Bertie Booth did his old step forward, step back. Reese lost him and scored. And I just burst out laughing because I thought, he'll do for me because Bertie Booth's done that to far better players than <laughs> <laughs> oh, No, but not better players, older days, but yeah. more wiser. <laughs> We could mention a couple, couldn't we? So there you go, Michael. It, it, it was a golden age. We'll, we'll talk about management tomorrow night because there's yeah. so many stories. <laughs> what I want to talk, what I want to go to now, is that you'd got to New Inn and you'd got to RHP. I mean, you're the best of friends, you're the firmest of friends. But in those days, on a Sunday morning for ninety minutes, the rivalry was, shall we say, intense. The, well, the the other side of it is, is most of us all played together on Saturdays as well, didn't we? 
and uh, so that game when it was coming up the banter started weeks beforehand <laughs> it started weeks beforehand what you've got to realize as well me and dave have played both sides of that that bridge uh we've played four new in or awesome jockey against rhp and dave uh ah, well I, when when dave left new in and then went to rhp there was still that bitter rivalry there and what you're trying to glean out of some of the incidents that happened on the field uh and you know like dave says we did play together on a saturday and the chipping away would start you know after that when you was if you won or, or lost on a saturday afternoon you put your kit bag in and then you'd look at john o'anley and he'd be eyeing you up to you know sort you out the following day do you know have you got any weaknesses or are you limping on your left knee do you know what i mean <laughs> but you know it was i think some of my fondest memories you know of all the bitter rivalry and that is i used to look forward to walking on to because it was a wonderful place to play rhp walking into there and then to be met by sicky with his eyes streaming and paul carlin uh <laughs> carlin trying to be sick and you automatically knew what had gone on in the changing room <laughs> but, it, but we it, won't say it all started in 87 didn't it because <laughs> <laughs> willie all cup final <coughs> yeah they rhp absolutely battered us i think it was 4-1 final result and we were red hot favourites to win it. We had Beckett, Tawley. Yeah. I won't play Dave. Pretty gay. We were red hot favourites to win it. They absolutely battered us. Colin Wright scored. There was another young lad up front who played for him as well. But obviously the main characters of it were Ginger Burkitt on the RHP side. Ginger Burkitt, John O, Lee. Sicky. Sicky. I think Steve Dolby. Chavalee might have been even playing as well. So you can see all those names are all intermingled, aren't they, with FlowServe, IDP, whatever you want to say. They've all been down there. But it got worse after <coughs> uh, when Clive started playing on a regular basis. I'm just laughing because there's an old story. I weren't there. Uh, <laughs> boots away on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, can you remember the boots manager, the big lad with the blonde hair? Yeah, yeah. The real yeah. nice chap, wasn't he? Uh, anyway, uh, apparently Kumi put this tackle in on the uh, centre forward or whoever it was who, you know, fell for the one where you knock... Kumi used to knock the ball that little bit far in front of him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Anybody who's daft enough to fall for the trick would be chopped in half. Well, their manager's supposed to have shouted on the pitch... Kume, I've seen better car crashes than that tackle. And just Kume just gets up mm, uh, chuckling. Yeah, not a very nice I, I, yeah, I, I, person I remember, to get involved with uh, in sometimes in a tackle. I remember oh, when um, Gary Breeden started playing at Simos. <laughs> and it, it, it must have only played a couple of matches. And it, and it was Gables against RHP down in Telm Avenue. Mm -hmm. And Kume took him out just outside the box, somewhere about chest height, you know. It, and Breeden looks at him and says, well, we, we're teammates. That's on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That's how it was. 
It was vicious. It was vicious, Michael. I don't mind admitting it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Breeden's, Breeden's debut for IDP, wherever it was at the time, he actually couldn't play. Can you remember that, Michael? Mm, yes. Because he went away to Clifton All Whites. Yes, yes. And we, he, uh, I don't think he was... Uh, we was going to risk it, let's put it that way. We're allowed to say that. We're going to risk it. Yeah, we'll it. risk it. We'll risk it. And uh, as he walked up, Gary said, it was Brigger the manager at the time, wasn't it? Can't play. That lad there used to play at such and such with him. He knows, he knows who I am. And uh, I think we drew that game. But what a player to have in your side on a Saturday. His what first, a fantastic his first, footballer. His first big game was Clipston in the Not Senior Cup. And he mm. scored a hat trick, and Flo Serve beat Clifton, who was in a higher, in a higher league. And it wasn't just the fact that he scored a hat trick; it's what Jono showed him in the changing rooms after the game, which I think has scarred <laughs> Gary Breeden for life. I'll go, I'll tell you later, Tony. Yes. Unbelievable! <laughs> yeah, I think I was in that game. <laughs> Unbelievable! Um, but that was how it was in those days, wasn't it? It was. And it did you know. get worse after his handball, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> Can, well, come not on, it, let's have the story. It's 1-1. One, one. <laughs> yeah. you, you've yeah. got the chair, Dave. Sicky's on, you know, back stick Sicky. Eh? He he's always there, isn't he? He's always there sniffing around. Ball comes across. Sicky's on the back post. Mazki's on the goal line. Sicky heads the ball towards goal. Nobody near, nobody near this young man whatsoever. That correct? All of a sudden, the right arm. I saw it differently. Well, the right arm <laughs> comes up and he punches the ball off the goal line and away. Because uh, we're all our HP lads were all like looking around at Steve Thirlby for penalty. He didn't see it. That Steve Thirlby's wife works with Teresa Smith, and I don't want to <laughs> say <laughs> <laughs> no insinuations at all here. There's <laughs> any any wrongdoings there, like you know. But uh, <laughs> it actually, it, I, can, it, I can remember, I can remember it. I can remember it. Ian Fowl, 20, and a little lad, I jumped our left back, right, who nodded the ball back across, and Sicky was doing that ghost in at the back post that he did, and the ball bounced to here, passed me, it was a great header by 20. He just edited it like that. You like that, in that split second, the ball had bounced. And I just managed to get my shoulder on it and knock it, it. And knock it over the bar. You punched it. The resulting thing we won, we won two one, yeah, and it yeah, said yeah. new win on the cup that year. <laughs> so anybody watches what I like to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. True or false? Yeah, true or false? <laughs> true or false? True or false? That's why Sicky is still still never forgiven him for it. <laughs> And you can imagine afterwards the shouting, the screaming. It was all quite unpleasant, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> I think I had my neck put out when I walked into RHP Clubhouse <laughs> after, anyway. <laughs> Just to wind him up a bit. But that rivalry that you're on about, uh, <laughs> Michael, you know, on a Saturday, a lot of the time, you know, some of those lads who was your enemies on a Saturday, if you was playing away at Renneth, or you was playing, you know, limby places like that. Those lads you'd be falling out with on a Sunday morning, you'd turn round and they'd be, you know, two yards well, away I, I, from I, I you. Well, I've, I've told Tony in the, pa- in the past, you know, Coomey would have quite easily maimed Breeden on a Sunday morning, but if somebody even 
tapped Gary yeah. Breeden on a Saturday afternoon, Kumi would be standing there sort of picking him up and saying, what are you doing to my mate? That's the difference, isn't it? Football has changed, though, Tony, hasn't it? You know, the likes of us would not survive in modern football, would we, some of our... No, uh, but because, I mean, I went to my mate's house and watched... Um, the League Cup final between Leeds United and Arsenal from uh, the late 60s, 68, I think it was. And the game would have been abandoned these days after 15 minutes because there'd been no, there wouldn't have been sufficient players left on the field because of the refereeing has changed. And we've just done, we're doing a, a piece on Thursday night about how football was better in the olden days because you got the real physical challenges. And these days, it's become a non-contact sport. And, 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 and that is the difference. The, the, the difference between those days and this. I disagree with Michael saying there are no characters around these days. There's a hell of a lot of characters around in football. But the, the characters are as large as life. And the characters we're talking to tonight are very much larger than life. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the difference. <laughs> there's, char there's characters and there's characters. I must move on because I've got to try and keep to a schedule. Um, <laughs> you went on there and played regular first-team football under Briggy at what was IDP? Yeah, but I played with good players around me. Do you know, I mean, that side that uh, got promoted, you're on about characters. There were some characters in that side. You know, you've got your John O'Hanley's. When John O'Hanley comes back, where have you been, Dunkirk, somewhere? I, I still have to look at the medal every time I go around. He gets you out, shows me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that, is a that, that is a load of lies. It's up in the loft of the rest of them. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, yeah, you've got you to look at it. You've got to look at Mark Robertson, haven't you? You know, probably one of the most gifted players I've played with. You know, he's touching his brain was that quick uh rupert you know you easily travel away anywhere with rupert he wouldn't want front of a tackle he could play jimmy mulligan gary breeden you know then you've got the likes of what dave's sending up do you know what i mean reese well, you know that, all that the great time though wasn't it because they, they it's a great time because you remember the semi-final was it against Wollaton when gary busted his hand yeah his hand yeah, yeah the, beautiful he meant to do him that lad did I yeah. still say that, that lad meant that. And then I'll put Renner that night, it was just fantastic, wasn't it? No, it was, it was just, it was just... I mean, just talking about the, because uh, if I remember right, the goal come from John O'Chesney and, and running with yeah. the ball, breeding free kick. Could we just say, get well, John because have you heard what he's done just lately? I dread to think. Well, he went, <coughs> Bertie Booth, when Bertie Booth got married, he's had his stag night in Nottingham, so, um, the characters was there. Yeah. And, uh I think it was about seven o'clock-ish during the night, and most of the lads, those who can drink anyway, had made their way to the Dog and Partridge for a little dance, and Rambo and Jono were the two stragglers, and they were arguing about who was the quickest, who was the quickest between them at running. So when they got to the marketplace, they decided to have a 100-metre sprint. <laughs> right. Jono was losing, so he threw his dummy out, fell over... And busted his collarbone in three places. <laughs> John O'Hanley, still still going on 16, is, is, I tell you. Was he the best all-round player you ever saw? 
My, I, I, my I compliment to John O will be this is a comp my compliment to John O. Can you remember the representatives game that Ducko and Dave did up at Renniff that night? Mm. Yeah. Well, there was a scout there from Chesterfield, and John O was 38 yes. at the time. Yes. And he was sniffing around and he was asking, Who's that lad? How old is he? And as soon as the word 38 come out, he's not interested. So. That's he, a compliment to John About 18. <laughs> Brilliant. Billy Warner played that night. He was it fantastic is, yeah. as well. I would say, for me, in my time, he has to be. Because you could play him up front. He loves playing in midfield. That's his favourite position. They also play him at centre-half. But if you go back to just mention the quadruple again, we lost our keeper in the semi-final of the Not Senior Cup and we had to rely on Jono playing in goals for the next six games. He could, he could literally play. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, you know, they do say that goalkeepers have got to be mad, don't they? Well, <laughs> they yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot Have you heard the story about the last resort? <laughs> Did you hear the story about the last resort? Me. Well, I'll let... Or remind, remind I will, the listeners. I will let Dave tell you it because he can do it more fluently than me. But another character of the game, Mr Gary Iverson. Right, well, in, the, in the semi-final of the quadruple, Mick, we were playing against uh, Tevisal, te and their star player was a plasterer, and <laughs> he was on double time, so he couldn't make kick-off, and uh, <laughs> he eventually turned up, and they'd named him as a sub, and we were 3-0 up at the time, weren't we? And they were going for hell for leather. We had a certain gentleman called Gary Iverson on the sideline in our coaching technical area, <laughs> stood there, Christ. arms folded, <coughs> in charge of everything going on, pointing this way and that way. And eventually they uh, said, to, all, said to their star player, get warmed up, you've got to go on, see if you can save this game. And it, to be fair, he was a little bit overweight, wasn't he? He, he, you know, he was carrying a bit he of was carrying a yeah, band, timber, yeah. <coughs> so, because uh, he was running past Ivo, Ivo says, who are you, the last resort? Looked at him, says, what? He says, you're the last resort. Anyway, went on, ball come across, chested it, and volleyed it straight into the top corner. <laughs> 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 it was against Jono, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what reminded yeah. me. John yeah, but he could goal. play Jono anyway. Well, Jono was in goal at that time, see, because mm. Gary had to gone off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only reason I say that is that undoubtedly this year's star man at Flow Seven has got to win all the accolades that's going is, is Jamie Lloyd. And, and Jamie has played midfield and he's, he's played centre back and he's given absolutely everything. And to me, he's the nearest thing I've seen in Newark to John O'Hanley. Is that mental? Well, I, I, is that mental age as well? You're absolutely spot on with that. Yeah. Right. We're going to take a rest because it's it is a London Marathon on on Saturday, so Oof. we we need a bit of Striders talk, uh, and Graham's going to do that in a couple of minutes. It's a massive weekend. It's the London Marathon, so of course um, the man to talk to is Graham Welsh. And guess what? I've been talking that much in the interval. Guess who's forgot to ring Graham Welsh? Oh, you see, you can't get the staff, can you? Okay. You see, this is what you happen when you get these these two. You just get completely and absolutely carried away. Yeah, dear. So we've got Mr Smith down doing the job that he's paid for now, receptionist. And he's going to ring Graham. Um, London Marathon, it's the major major one and uh we've got graham Hiya. we've got graham you, here we go 
Straight away live to Graham Walsh for his Striders report. Graham, London Marathon weekend, everybody's up for it. But there's a few more bits and bobs going off as well, Graham, isn't they? Definitely, yeah, there's been plenty going actually. It was a lovely weekend of, of weather and uh, we weren't uh, wasting our time uh, um, uh, with that. So there was uh, uh, plenty of running going on. On Friday, we started off with Stephen Thompson. He was up at uh, North Yorkshire on the coast there, Bridlington. He did the Bridlington Easter five mile dash and he dashed it in. Uh, 41 minutes and 36 seconds on to Saturday and uh, weather was lovely again and it was a, a great day for Park Run. There was uh, approaching 400 people there at New York Park Run on, uh, on Saturday and amongst them uh, we had uh, five of our striders got uh, sort of PBs, Andrew and Izzy Wilden, uh, Jason Priest, Mary Swindles, whose name we'll hear again in a, a little while, and Emma Smith. And a uh, quick mention for our uh, Brian Thompson, he's one of the volunteers who volunteered over 100 times at New York Park Run, and he was doing his 50th run director. So he was uh, directing the show at uh, Park Run on Saturday. We also had park runs at uh, uh, Park Runners at Boston, Braunston, Bakewell. Sounds like a train, uh, tra- train, train route, I think, but the uh, Harlow, Rutland Water, and of course uh, Newark. And on to Sunday, uh, we had a good turnout for the all club runs. Obviously, it wasn't just Striders, it was sort of not fast, uh, New York AC and uh, Furman Run Club as well, and a uh, sort of super turnout there. There were six and 12-mile options. Most people did the six. A lot of people are training for marathons and things at the moment, or even just done a marathon, perhaps. It was also pretty hot, so uh, uh, more, more did the six and the 12, and then we all had a nicer social at uh, Rumbles at Scons Park afterwards. On to Easter Monday, and uh, we had uh, Jean-Louis Ballister. He was up in uh, Yorkshire at the uh, Aquif Half Marathon, and he covered that uh, uh, course, which he described as very scenic and a really organized, well-organized race. He did that uh, in one hour, 41 minutes and uh, 10 seconds. And uh, an exciting sounding event um, on Mon- Easter Monday as well, Stephen Thompson, again, he was at the Peak Rail 7-mile race, so effectively... Uh, there's a, a train and it takes uh, 56 minutes to get from uh, Rosalie to Matlock and back. And you've got 56 minutes, if you can, to, to beat the train. It doesn't matter if you don't. The train's full of uh, supporters and family. There was only one picture I was going to use on on, on our so- social media, Graeme. It had to be that one. I, I do like my railway. So yeah. th- that is the picture for the rest of the year for Striders. I knew it would appeal to you on so many levels, that, that photograph. <laughs> one little to the train on... On, on, on Monday because uh, took Tomo one hour no minutes no seconds so uh, the train beat him by by four minutes but yeah it's a lovely event it's one of these things that I really fancy having to go out myself but sells out in minutes you know it'll be quick on quick on the online um, sort of booking and things to get a place in that another uh, event that's quite difficult to get a place in is the London Marathon and that's coming up on uh, on Sunday and we've got a, a number of New York striders taking uh, part in that We've got uh, four, in fact. We've got Mark Jackson and Sarah Jane Cobb. They've got the two club places get, that get, uh, get awarded uh, for the London Marathon, so we draw those out of a hat. And uh, Mark and Sarah Jane are competing those club places. Kath Scott, a uh, uh, sort of stalwart of, of a club, uh, I think very, very popular when she got a, a ballot place, and we're all looking forward to seeing how Kath gets on in the London Marathon, and quite a number of us are going down to support the striders as well that are running in that race. And uh, the fourth is Mary Swindles. She's running the London Marathon for uh, Multiple Sclerosis Society. So she's running on a charity place. 
and uh, far from Mary's first London Marathon, she's run uh, any number of them over the last sort of 20 to 30 years. So it's going to be a, uh, a great day out for those taking part, and uh, I think a fair few of us are going down to support the race and support uh, Newark runners uh, who are taking part in the race as well. And it's not just about uh, about uh, London for marathons. We've got a uh, uh, seven in the Blackpool Marathon, so uh, on the northwest coast there, we've got Matt Patterson, Donna Wright, Carol, Karen Ilsley, Sarah Whitaker, Heather Green, and uh, Noel and Nicole Henderson. So another sort of eleven uh, marathon runners from the club this weekend to add to the twenty-three who uh, did uh, the marathons uh, the weekend before last and uh, and the one the weekend before that. And very quickly, a final, uh, um, just quickly I'm going to mention, is uh, the 13th to 19th of May is uh, the next Mental Health Awareness Week. It's a national thing. And uh, as part of the Run and Talk initiative, we've got a, a Run and Revise session at the, uh, at the Athletics track there, 6 to 7 p.m. on Monday the 13th of May. And this is uh, just an initiative, really. It's part of the England Athletics Run and Talk um, program to encourage young people to perhaps take a little bit of a break from their revision, which can be a very sort of stressful time, um, to um, sort of look after their mental well-being a little bit through having to go out running or walking. So um, details of how to sign up for that free event uh, can be found on our sort of Facebook page. And uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, mention it again next week, uh, uh, quickly before uh, before the event itself. But uh, yeah, it's one of these. Uh, excellent initiatives from um, England Athletics that we're um, sort of supporting as part of our sort of club, uh, part of the things that we do in the community and within the club is the sort of mental health uh, awareness thing. You know, one in four people have mental health problems uh, each year and one in ten young people have a uh, diagnosable sort of disorder uh, from t- uh, time to time. So, yeah, it's out there and, uh, and we are... Um, uh, hoping to to um, sort of put on a good event there, and, and we'll certainly mention it. And, and again, um, before um, May the thirteenth, and you, if you can send us some stuff, we'll put out on our social media sites yeah. as well. Great, and the best of luck to everybody at the London Marathon and anything else they're doing this weekend. And you can tell us all about it again next week. I will do. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thanks. Bye. And that's Graham Welsh with the Striders um, London Marathon Plus report. Just time to ask. My second serious question of the evening to the boys. Um, on the playing side, any regrets? One of you's got Dan Sauce. It's going to us is going to start the music up. <laughs> uh, Did you get the best out of it of your ability, or or, or with a bit more application well, could you have gone a, further? Um, like I say, I, Neil was always the one that they always wanted. Well, I was very fortunate because I, when I left school, I went to work at Flowserve. Um, so some of the players that were playing with Simo's first team, I worked with. So they'd go training. They'd do a little training session themselves during lunchtime. So I'd go down with them. And that's how I started to get into knowing people who play for Simo's. And Jimmy Crane was playing for British Rail. So I ended up going to training with British Rail and slowly started to worm my way in. But I just, the thing is, he just loved playing football, mate. Just loved it. It was the only thing I ever wanted to do. Two minutes, Kevin. Mm. No, I don't regret 
and yeah, I've, I count myself very fortunate. Like you know, some of the things I, you know that I was part of football playing and managing, and I think you pick things up. You know, the likes you just mentioned, Jimmy Crane. I don't think Jimmy Crane got the recognition he deserves sometimes as a manager. The things he did with uh, Nguyen, you know, I think he won when they won it five years on the bounce. He was three years manager of that, you know, and the characters that you meet and what you learn off different players. I mean, if you've ever played against Mark Fellon, Dave will vouch for this. You know, Mark Fell played for Renneth and the likes and you, you're looking, how can he play for them? Well, when you used to play against him, Mark could volley a ball 30 yards, edit 30 yards, never give a centre forward a sniff. And the times, you know, I, I think I was guilty of it saying saying it to him. You know what I mean? Is that all you can do? And the laugh that it used to come out. Then when I played with him, you realise sometimes as a centre-off or a defender, don't let the ball bounce. You know, get it clear. Do you know what I mean? Things that you pick up off players. You pick things up off Jonna, you know. You know, don't do that. Don't do this. No, I've got no regrets. I count myself very fortunate. Um, Management-wise, and it's not just the me and him at the front of it. You know, when you've got the support of RHP, and then your flow serve your mum and dad doing the drinks and everything, Michael. You know, it's the people in the background that. Irene's uh, calf. Yeah, there you go. Look, what I'm trying to say yeah. is at RHP, that clubhouse and the people putting the nets up and oh, Johnny Hanley and all that, it all helped. It wasn't just me and Dave, no. Neil and Spike Cree bringing them old boys from youth football. So we can go, yeah, we like him, we like him. Is that true, Dave? Right, we'll, we'll continue there's a lot this, more to it. We'll continue this tomorrow night because... Ladies and gentlemen, it is a two-part special. Uh, Tony and I realised very early when we put this together that there's (laughs) not a chance that this is all going to get done in one show. So tomorrow night, our special guests are Hillier and Masky, would you believe? And we're going to talk about um, their managerial career. We're going to talk about one or two of the footballers. And you never know, Tony might even get in the words next place tomorrow night as well. So um, we'll have to see. But coming up next is the wonderful Mr Andrew Bush and The Rock Show. We are... 